I think, you know, markers of a great team culture is when you as a coach, you can kind of step out or step away and the drills, the lifts, the, you know, everything just runs itself and, and it's all, and the players are just making everything happen. The expectations have been set. You know, the work has been done, the accountability uh, standards and, and expectations to hold each other accountable has all been set. The expectations of communication have been set and reinforced over time. And that, that culture takes time to build. But then once it gets rolling, when you get new players come in, they just look around, right? Everyone's just going to adapt to what's accepted. You look around and everybody's touching the line when they're running or everybody's getting in a stance or everybody's talking or everybody's picking up the weight room when they're done with the lift and all that kind of stuff. You just, you just It's expected, so you just kind of click in and you just fall into place. And I think that's a marker of great culture. That was Scott Thom, head men's basketball coach at the College of Marin, sharing with us his vision and ideas on establishing team culture. You're listening to the Just Fly Performance Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Faster. Simply Faster is an online athletic performance technology shop distributing items such as the free lap timing system, gym aware, K-Box, 1080 Sprint, and the Speed Mat. I've gotten many of these items from Simply Faster and can confidently say that they make today's best training technology available to everybody. The free lap timing system has revolutionized both my practices and my athlete assessments, allowing me to look at the 10 meter fly capability of dozens of athletes in a matter of seconds. It is wireless, compact, portable, and incredibly versatile. The K-Box and 1080 Sprint are fantastic tools for any coach looking to build speed, agility, and implement training scenarios that go beyond the traditional weight room. The 1080 Sprint is being used by great coaches, training some of the fastest sprinters in the world, and it truly represents high-performance speed training. I can personally attest that Simply Faster's customer service is second to none. Christopher at Simply Faster responds quickly to queries, and anyone who makes a purchase from Simply Faster is in good hands. If you want to acquire some of the best high-tech training equipment available, stop by simplyfaster.com. That's simply with an I, faster.com. They are the future of coaching technology. Welcome to episode 91 of the Just Fly Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Smith, and today on the show, we have back for his second appearance, Scott Thom of the College of Marin. He is the head basketball coach there, as well as helping out with strength and conditioning for some of the various sports. So he's keeping those roots. Before uh, he was the head basketball coach, he actually did uh, head basketball strength and conditioning for a couple Division I schools, Washington State and UC Berkeley. He also has experience on the high school level as a head basketball coach. And uh, Scott is a guy who, he was one of my first co- uh, colleagues or coworkers I had when I was uh, just getting into full-time collegiate strength and conditioning, making the move from track and field over to the strength and conditioning universe. And I think one of the biggest things that I had really didn't know what I was getting into, if you want to frame it that way, or Now, I guess one of the areas that I more should say that one of the areas that I'm excited that I've been able to learn so much about because before I um, started it or back when I was coaching track, I really didn't know what a great team culture looked like. I I can't say I really ever had it truly on a lot of the teams I was on through um, middle school, high school, college. Um, Not that I didn't have good coaches, but 
I, I don't think I really saw what it meant to have a good team culture in the weight room until I started being a college strength coach and, and learning from some of my peers and mentors in that arena. And Scott, if you're looking at building culture, building relationships, coaching your players, the art of coaching, Scott is an awesome guy to talk to. He just does so good with creating that culture, that environment. This often reciprocates itself and his players often coming back after their university careers are done to still work out and train with him. And I think if we view what we do as a service, uh, we, we understand just how important the relationship, that leadership aspect, um, serving our athletes through becoming better at understanding team culture ourselves really is. And I think that one of the really cool things that I think Scott brings to the table is um, being, being kind of the high performance director, if you will, like a small school, you're wearing all the hats, you know, you're, you're the head basketball coach, you're the head strength coach, uh, where a lot of schools are a little bit divided. And so one of the really cool things we're going to get to in this episode is things that transfer from the weight room to the court and not just talking sets and reps and, and maxes and things like that. Um, not that some of those things can't certainly instill confidence in players and increase in their physical capacity, but at the end of the day, I think if any of us had to pick between having an amazing culture, team culture and leadership and motivation and an amazing periodization and set and rep scheme program and getting our players 20 pounds more in each of their maxes, we would take the team culture in, in a team sport situation. And so I think that's why this is so important. I love doing episodes on, on sets and reps and technique and periodization and biomechanics. I really enjoy that stuff, but I like doing episodes like this. I think it's critical to do episodes like this because... We need to realize where it all starts, and that's that team culture, buy-in, and motivation. And today's podcast, Scott is going to go into his transition from college strength and conditioning to being a college head basketball coach and uh, the insights that he has on using the weight room as a conduit for uh, communication, motivation, problem solving, uh, using terminology in the weight room that corresponds with what he's expecting on the court and uh, as well as just ideas on general leadership and overall team culture. So this is an episode. I love doing these. Uh, I love going outside the box a little bit from what we, uh, I think the themes of this uh, series typically are because uh, team culture is just such, it, it not only is important for uh, the X's and O's and the strength and conditioning, but it's also just one of those general life things that is really good to know and listen to. So uh, let's get on to episode 91 with Scott Thumb. Scott, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Joel. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, so it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I know a lot's been different for you uh, in the last few years. I think last time we, we did this podcast, you are at Washington State. And so uh, what's been the transition for you over the last few years? What are some big things that have been going on in the life of Scott Thumb? Uh, well, we, we, took a, we moved back closer to family and friends in the Bay Area. Um, it, so I took a head coaching job at College of Marin as well as the director of strength and conditioning for the school. So I'm working with, you know, volleyball, baseball, obviously my men's basketball guys, uh, women's basketball and women's soccer in the weight room. And we were able to kind of create, due to some bond money that passed, a really, really cool weight room. So it's, it's almost identical to the weight room at Haas at Cal. And uh, it's just, it's been real cool. It's been a good experience. It's been fun and it's been a nice, a nice, uh, balance of work and family you know division one level can be pretty crazy with travel and uh, but it's also uh, obviously it's an amazing time 
but uh, this this uh, JC level, it's just been a good experience. It's been fun um, enjoying it and just kind of grinding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So College of Marin, JC, uh, head basketball coach, transitioning from being a strength and conditioning to a head coach, you know, the head honcho, the, the high performance <laughs> director, if you will, right? Uh, what are some, I mean, you've wanted to get, have you wanted to get back into coaching, being a head coach for some time? Yeah, I think... Well, there's just at the division one level, there's so many rules with what you can do. And so as far as on the court workouts and helping out in practice and things like that, and I love the weight room. I love training in the weight room. I love uh, year plans and seeing progressions and seeing athletes buy in and, and their self-belief and confidence and all that's amazing as a tool to use for the weight room onto the hoop court. And I like being on the hoop court though. I love practice. I love being part of everything and meetings and everything like that and so it was uh, definitely something that I was like oh this would be really cool if I could make this work and you know and, and it all kind of fell into place oh yeah no doubt I I, I think that it's really um, an interesting and a great situation and some will elicit some cool questions is it's just that idea of, of blending the two worlds together um, and not that you can't do that as just a strength and conditioning coach but uh, being the guy who's calling plays and, and bringing in being the, the head coach, I'm sure has a whole new spectrum, especially in uh, you also writing the weightlifting workouts. And, and so one of the things I wanted to ask you or kicking this off is what are some of the biggest uh, things that you see carry over from the weight room onto the basketball court? So now you're, you're running all aspects of the show and uh, what are, what are some things that you'll, you'll see in the weight room? You're like, yes, this is transferring onto the court. I am seeing the transfer from this, the weight room onto the court and how my players are. I, I, yeah. I think first and foremost, it's, uh, you know, confidence, self-belief, uh, getting athletes to believe that they can get stronger, get faster, whether it's leaning up, reaching the goals that they have. Uh, when you see an athlete dunk for the first time or uh, accomplish something on the on the hoop court that they previously maybe struggled with it, it's pretty it's a pretty cool moment uh, as a coach because it's you're just they're doing all the work right you set up a game plan and you, you kind of you you're, you're there for them as far as guidance and things like that but at the end of the day it's on them if they get the job done or don't get the job done and um, I think that carries over to as a, as a strength coach you know your rules, in, in my opinion, are number one, do no harm. You know, number two, make your athletes as durable as you can. And number three, uh, then follow, uh, lastly, is improving performance. You know, and you can't get to number three. You can't improve performance if, one, your players don't trust you and you're pushing them to where they're uh, feeling like they possibly could get hurt or things like that. And number two, you can't you can't get to improve performance if, if you don't take the time to create that foundation and make your athletes durable and they're able to get through a season and you have a conscious effort of all right these are our high days these are our low days you kind of give them the game plan and explain to them hey this is how we're going to get to this goal or this is how we're going to do this and, and achieve this so number one i think is is confidence uh two is uh you know, the ability is Coach Dose would always say, hey, you know, do work, do work, right? An amazing strength coach, and super, super cool person is that uh, ability to do work. You know, and a weight room is a special place because you, you, you really get what you put in to it like anything in life. But it's just one more facet that kind of reinforces that. Uh, and athletes, you know, if you get an athlete that has a strong work ethic, good attitudes towards work 
and you give them the proper guidance, the weight room can have a huge impact on their development. And I really believe that. And another carryover, I'd say, is your team dynamic. So the weight room, you can, you can really improve your team dynamic in the weight room to carry over on the hoop court because you're able to do certain things that are a little different um, in, in the weight room. Everyone's been through those hard practices, you know, the f real physical practices. Oh, you, you know, you don't do this, you got to get on the line, or you don't do this, you got to do this. Um, the, the weight room's another way to kind of reinforce and improve that team dynamic but just kind of in a different environment a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's great stuff, Scott. I, I like what you said about um, doing no harm and durability coming before uh, performance, actually. like, And uh, so wanted to talk a little bit along things that carry over from the weight room uh, that you see on the court. So uh, just transfer being such a huge thing. Uh, I know you've talked a lot about communication in the weight room and, and or, or obviously anywhere, right? But uh, what are some ways specifically that you use the weight room as a conduit to improve your team or athletes' communication skills? Okay, and I think it goes back to that build, continuing to build that team dynamic. Uh, for us, like our, our, our season's over, it's spring. For a lot of college programs, our seasons are starting to wrap up. And uh, March Madness has been pretty awesome this year. It's been pretty crazy. So uh, our guys will get three weeks off, and then we'll go in some sort of uh, limited rest period, timer-based circuit usually that'll have certain guidelines. Uh, one that I really like is a timer circuit I got from Hank Barons, Coach Hank Barons at Cal. He's been there since he's been coaching athletes since 2003, I think, right, Joel? And uh, no one really knows about it because he's not—he's anti-social media, but he's an absolute amazing strength coach. So uh, you, you get your you groups, every, you break the team up into partners, right? And they're in, in partners and you could improve, you know, increase the adversity factor and really force communication by getting, say, like uh, a post player with a guard or you get someone that's pretty strong with someone that's not as strong and you partner them up and the workout's set in a leg push-pull manner. So you have back squats as the first exercise. Everybody starts on back squats. Then you have military press, then bent row, front squats, flat bench, pull-ups, RDL, incline bench, landmine row. So it's leg push-pull, leg push-pull, leg push-pull. And you have one minute to get both your sets in of t 10 reps. So if me and you are partners, I'm going to get under, under the bar on that first exercise with a weight that I think I can do 10 times. Right when I'm done, I'm going to rack that bar, and then you're up, right? So you got to jump under that bar. Now, if, if, if you're 6'8", and I'm 5'10", well, we're going to have to adjust that bar really quick. We're going to have to strip the weight off. We're going to have to put on the appropriate weight for me. I'm going to have to tell you, hey, I need one, 185 on the bar. And you're going to be like, all right, well, we're just doing 265. Let's strip the weight. Let's get right back to it. And, um, and then you go for 60 seconds. And everybody has to get those six, those uh, 10 reps in before we move on to the next exercise, which would be military press, right? So then we got to set it all up for military press, and then we got to continue to do that. And um, it, it's a beast. It's a it's 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 a challenging workout, and it really forces communication. And uh, it's uh, it's two times. We just do it two times a week. So like if if you look at our week right now. Uh, Monday, we would do the timer circuit, so that'd be a high day. Tuesday, we would just hoop, so probably open gym, something light. Uh, Wednesday's off. Thursday, uh, timer circuit. Friday, again, hoop workouts. Uh, and then uh, Saturday and Sunday would be off. 
and we would only do this timer circuit for about three weeks just kind of to hit the reset button and it just again it kind of reestablishes that team dynamic everybody getting on the same page um, if for some reason me and you are gone and, and we we're not ready to move on to that next exercise a turnover is is allotted and that means everybody including us have to go back to the previous exercise and start back over now if we all get through it per so let's say we get, everybody gets through back squats and is ready to go to military press well then we get a double bang and so that's a, and we can bank these double bangs double bang in basketball is a stop and a score and they're huge for momentum so a double bang is 60 seconds of of plus time that we can we can stack on that we might need that this on the, in the second round or the third round when we're getting through it because it can get pretty nasty first round all the players are like hey coach this is easy it's no big deal the second round starts getting a little cranky and, and it starts getting uh, a little sticky and the third round could be real tough so you're hoping those guys can do their work early and get those double bangs stacked up um, and then you just look at the work and in, in, in the following week or the next time workout you can up the weight a little bit um, so again back to that team dynamic and what we're preaching communication another thing we're preaching is superior body language right individually I have it myself you know your body's all about pleasure and pain going away from pain and towards pleasure so getting your yourself to kind of embrace you know everyone says get comfortable being uncomfortable being able to embrace that discomfort is uh, this workout will really get players uncomfortable so individually you have to really embrace that and then as a group you know what are you giving to the group uh, I love this quote coach Gottlieb up at Oregon State good buddy of mine you used to always talk about you're either a drain or a faucet right you're either giving to the group or you're taking away from the group. And so, again, those are parts of those team dynamics I feel like improve communication because you can't be quiet and go through a workout and think you're going to kind of give to the group. You got to – and it can't be fake either, right? It can't be fake rah-rah. And if you're all going through it, there won't be a lot of fake rah-rah because you're going to really – feel that and you're going to get out get out of your comfort zone and you're going to get out of your little comfort box and kind of reach out to your teammates and, and give to that group and and then it'll, it'll be reciprocated because <laughs> it's a, a timer circuit's no joke you're listening to the just fly performance podcast brought to you by simply faster yeah i, I um the longer i've been a full-time strength coach the more i've realized that introducing uh discomfort is one of the best ways to see uh player dynamics and what people are really going to operate under especially once they get in the fight or flight there i like by the way the the little tony robbins reference the moving away from uh pain and towards right. pleasure i remember i i think i just listened to the giant within a few months ago i remember that uh it's great stuff um shoot i was gonna there's a lot of thoughts i actually had kind of coming off of that so the first uh follow-up i'm gonna have um and i'm sure there's probably a lot um other ways uh to look at communication i love that example with that timer circuit it's a tough circuit uh, i love the idea that you are uh, putting like the small guys with the tall guys just to force some problem solving uh, uh, right. just to like just to say here's a problem how are you guys going to deal with it uh i think that that stuff isn't talked about you know everyone wants to talk sets and reps and and percentages but we don't think about uh how we're going to adjust uh, address the team dynamic uh, i like what i want to talk about a little bit is how you had mentioned uh, if, if the players aren't making it through that timer circuit it's a turnover and they start over or the the double bang the stop and score uh, and I like how you're the, the verbs, the verbiage, uh, it kind of reminds me of like legacy, the book legacy of the all blacks, how this, the, the words that they use are so critical to uh, winning and what you're trying to accomplish. So can you talk a little bit more about how you're putting 
you're using those words from the basketball court and you're using them in the weight room um, and talk about how you you're um, how do I want to put this uh, just how you've you've formulated that over the years and how you find it important I, th- I think probably every coach does it differently differently and every um, coach as far as the basketball sports coach has different kind of key words that really kind of will be used during a during a span of a game that kind of like ring out and for us double bangs are really important uh, stops and scores and so we uh, we spend a lot of time on that during games we talk about it a lot during practice and so anytime we can kind of again try to bridge that gap from weight room to hoop court I think is is important because right at the end of the day it's all the same right it's all just work right and it you're hoping that it's all work that's kind of promoting you to win games and compete at a high level and and all that and so I think that's what you're trying to do is just kind of bridge the gap from weight room to to hoop court so anytime you can kind of carry that in or or, or bring ideas from the hoop court onto the weight room into the weight room I think it can help bridge that gap yeah, it makes, it makes me think a little bit of my time as a, a track, back when I was a track coach and you'd be at the national meet and in the coaches box and there would be a lot of coaches who would be saying like the same thing over and over uh, to their athletes. You'd always hear these themes and the same common cues and the idea of if this is going to be your communication platform uh, for the sport, yeah, like let's let's embrace that in the weight room too. If this is important, let's, let's talk about that everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's good stuff. Uh, I was going to, so I want uh, kind of a follow-up too, because I think this goes hand in hand, is the, so you had mentioned communication, the timer circuit, very challenging. Are there any other uh, very challenge-specific uh, exercises, practices you get to or utilize in the weight room to get your team uh, uh, talking, to go uh, different, uh, I just different challenges to go through to improve team dynamics, cohesion, trying to improve various aspects of uh, what you're looking for in that situation. Do you, do you want to share any other challenges you like to use that are personal uh, favorites? Uh, some challenges. I would say we use the echo effect, so it's not really a challenge. And we use this in practice also. So anytime um, me or an assistant coach will call out the next drill, everybody's got to echo the drill. Uh, and so in the weight room, you know, if we're doing like a plank series a weighted plank series where everyone's got to kind of go middle, everybody will yell middle. And, and eventually you're stepping away as a coach, right? You're letting the players run it. And, uh, and so just having that echo effect, making sure everybody's on the same page, it, it, again, kind of promotes, it's a little different way of promoting communication because there's not really, it's not really a competition um, component in, involved. It's more about, Hey, let's all get on the same page kind of deal, which is extremely important. Right. And, any sport especially basketball so you know that's one thing we do and i got that from strength coach uh i'm blanking out on her name but she's an amazing strength coach she was at tennessee um and so she was this was years ago and i remember just being like wow yeah echo effect that's pretty cool i need to make sure that we do that so um but yeah and and i just think that's that's one way different uh challenges we'll finish challenges at the end whether we do like metabolic finishers which uh are are just kind of like you know you know it's just kind of like a fun way to finish a lift or finish a practice depending on the time of year obviously you're not going to use metabolic finishers in season and things like that and but as far as just kind of liven up and you get guys doing movements that you know they're not you know 
you can adjust i'm not big on burpees <laughs> just because i don't like them but i think a lot like, just because i don't like to do them i should say they're a great exercise but i don't like to do burpees so i usually don't have my athletes do burpees but uh you can adjust them obviously if they're taller but we can pair up burpees with like med ball slams or something and have it a timer and, and they're competing against one another or we'll do uh sled push relay races sled push relay races is a good way and we'll go uh down and back and then we'll do hops where they're just hopping and then we'll do um one foot will be on a towel and one foot will be driving and so they're driving it with one foot um down and they switch legs and drive it back and so just anything where you can get them to have some fun competing at the end of of of, of a lift is always fun to do and kind of get some they're competing but they're having fun and again you're creating that without that environment in the weight room where it's not like oh man i'm just leaving this place always feeling sore and beat up and everything it's more of like trying to finish on a high a little bit sure i i, I like that the echo effect especially you'd mentioned because I, I do think and i've heard i mean everyone's generation thinks the next you know their generation's the best and all the other generations have problems or whatever but right. i i do think that with uh you know being in the electronic age and uh i guess the smartphone age uh athletes seem to have a lot less of an attention span and the idea of using something like an echo to make sure that you can't just sit there and kind of zone out and listen to the instructions and be a passive participant uh, right. that makes a lot of sense to me I, I um i i think that's a really cool topic and are there any other things that you do to keep your athletes being active participants in the workout be it like um like team team leadership or ownership or other drills or movements where they have to be continually actively participating uh, that's a great question um i think you know I'll, we try to i try to step back once we establish our expectations establish the routine kind of how we we do things i like to step back and let the players run a lot of it and so uh, i might if we're going to go into say core right before a, a practice we get into the into the gym or say on a basketball floor if we're going to go to a different 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 drill or something like that i might just tell a player that whoever's standing next to me hey we're at this this make it happen or hey we're at this we you know we're we're we're, we're doing rebound outlet drill. Let's get it going. You guys got one minute or I got, you know, you know, we're going right into core. Here we go. Med ball slams, whatever it is. And just letting the players kind of do it and just kind of seeing how fast they get it. And then at the end of the end of practice or at the end of the lift, you're always going with like this. I know it sounds funny, but it's that sandwich approach, you know, so positive, something constructive and then something positive. And uh, you're just kind of trying to always reinforce what how you want the weight room to feel sound uh, look like and same thing on the practice court right and how you want your team to move and feel and sound and how you want and so you're always just trying to work towards that because these 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 athletes these these players that are on your teams they want to make they want to succeed they want to make you for the most part they want to make you happy you know and they want to you know, they want to make you proud as a coach. They want to make themselves proud. They want to believe in themselves. And so I think that always is pretty cool. If you just give them the framework and kind of keep hammering home those points that, Hey, we got to communicate better or, Hey, we got to do this. Hey, we got to do that. And eventually, you know, coach Brady, who was at LSU, I think he's at, um, somewhere in Arkansas or someplace now, but he's, I remember hearing him speak a long time ago and he says, uh, you know, responsibility plus accountability equals success. So if your players know what they need are responsible for and you hold them accountable 
to what they need to be responsible for, success will follow. And I really believe that, you know, and that other people will say like, oh, you get what you tolerate, you know? So if you tolerate players not bringing energy or not communicating, you're gonna continue to get that. You know, what used to kill me is, and I've been, I've been guilty of this too, you, you catch yourself complaining about something you have control over, you know, man, you know, so-and-so just can't set that screen right or so-and-so, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not getting in the bucket on their squad or they're not really, you know, doing what they're supposed to do here in the way. Well, you're the coach, right? Like <laughs> you're in control. So why don't you, you hold them accountable and make sure that they do do it right. And so I think that's a, uh, you know, you get what you tolerate. It's pretty, pretty, uh, good rule to kind of follow kind of deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of it does come down to that as a coach. I agree. I, I think about that a lot. I think it's a really powerful concept. And, and speaking of that too, it really bleeds into team culture. And, and I know we've talked about this a little bit throughout really as we've gone along, but if you had to summarize, like uh, maybe in just a couple points, what are the markers of a great team culture? Like what is, what is a totally like sold out team in your opinion? Like what is that optimal culture that you are shooting for as a coach, being a strength coach and head coach? What are some really key things of a team that you like to see in that regards? I think, uh, you know, markers of a great team culture is when a coach, when when you as a coach, you can kind of step out or step away, and the drills, the lifts, the you know everything just runs itself, and and it's all and the players are just making everything happen. You know they, you know the expectations have been set. You know the work has been done. The accountability uh, standards and and expectations to you know hold each other accountable has all been set the expectations of communication have been set and kind of reinforced over time and that kind of that that culture takes time to build but then once it gets rolling when you get new players come in they just look around right everyone's just going to adapt to what's accepted you look around and everybody's touching the line when they're running or everybody's getting in a stance or everybody's talking or everybody's picking up the weight room when they're done with the lift and all that kind of stuff you just, you just, it's expected. So you just kind of click in and you just fall into place. And I think that's uh, a marker of great culture is a coach being coaches, being able to kind of step away and, and let it kind of run itself a little bit. You're listening to the just fly performance podcast brought to you by simply faster. I, I love that. I love that, man. I, I think that I, I was just uh, talking about this the other day or thinking about this a lot and the idea of if you don't have a vision of what you want, it's hard to arrive at that goal. And so that's oh, a, a, a big reason I asked yeah. you that is because like, I think a lot of times we don't really think about, well, what is the best situation here? What do I eventually want to accomplish? And if you don't know that, then you don't really know how to build towards it. But as you just mentioned it, like to, to get the team to the point where you have leaders and the team runs itself, basically, and you can step out and it and it goes fine um that's a great vision that's a great vision of yeah. culture it fits in with just so many successful organizations hey uh yeah so uh one of the things so i want to steer things just a little bit too uh a lot of great stuff so far man um and so what do you think uh i'd like to get in a little bit of athlete psychology sports psychology what are some of the main things that you think holds young athletes back what what do they tend to struggle with or maybe the some of the people in the populations you've worked with tend to struggle with mentally or emotionally that can hold them back from reaching their potential on the court? I think the number one thing is, and it's for everybody, I think, this is just for life in general, is getting out of your comfort zone. 
you know, I think, you know, that's, that's one thing that can kind of hold them back. And if, if they have mediocre habits, some athletes, you know, some basketball guys, you know, they get to the division one record or division one level because they're so talented, right? They're more talented than everybody. They might not have a great work ethic. Uh, they might not do great academically, or they might do great academically and not have a great workout, whatever. But, you know, that, that, or if they're at a JUCO, you know, they get to a JUCO, they might, you know, physically they may need to develop and maybe they get great grades or maybe they don't get, there's always something to work on, right? So you can always work on something. And I think for everybody, it's a little different. And the, the key, key thing is just initially just getting out of your comfort zone, you know, and, and looking at yourself critically and being like, what do you need to work on? You know, what do you, you know, you know, I, I, as a, as, as a coach myself, I always, I need so much stuff to work on constantly. And I think, you know, when it comes to strength and condition, I look up to you a lot. I look up to some of these other strength coaches that really are more kind of like scientific based and kind of really take the time to do certain things. And I just, man, I need to get better. I need to read more books. I need to listen to more podcasts. I need to, you know, and so you're always trying to think, all right, what can I do to get better? What can I do? How can I get better? And I think that's for young folks. I think that's one thing that holds them back, like relying on past, you know, they were, they were great in high school or they did this or do that. It's like, Hey, this is a whole new arena. This is a whole new environment. You got to acclimate to everything. You got to acclimate to these new lifts. You got to acclimate to, uh, making sure you're on time to study hall. You got to acclimate to these classes. You're going to acclimate to making new friends and being away from home. And what are you going to eat for dinner? Like, I mean, there's just so many other things that kind of can, can, uh, get these guys where the, you know, they just got to get out of their comfort zone and get, and get better. You know, I think, so I think what, one thing that helps is they know that you're, you're in their corner, right? They know that you're on the journey with them and, and you're there for them. Uh, and, and you're there to kind of, again, push them and, and put your arm around their shoulder when they need it, but then also challenge them when they need it. And, and the more, you know, the individual, the more, you know, when that athlete needs a little push or they need a hug or they need, hey, how's your day going? Hey, let's sit down, let's go get some lunch, or, and things like that. And then when they need a little kick in the butt, also, you know, when they need to be challenged, um, I think that's all based on kind of how how well you know your players and how well you know your team, and and that's a whole that's a whole another question. Yeah, that's it's a big one. Uh, but I, I like what you said. Something that really stands out to me is you said that you are. They know that you're in their corner, like. Because uh, like like you had said, a lot of people are uh, either maybe either hung up or they they got away with not having to work really hard outside their comfort zone when they were younger in high school. Or, or maybe there was things they did a particular way and things change when you get to college. And I like how and they have to get out of their comfort zone to continue to adapt. And, and through that tough process, you being in their corner and, and kind of uh, being there. Uh, with them on, on, on not just the coaching level, but also like an emotional and relational level, I think is a, a really powerful concept. Uh, could you uh, get into maybe like just like some case studies or just like uh, just like ex- a gen- maybe general examples of um, some things that athletes need to grow out of their comfort zone that they came in with in you know high school level and they need to have their comfort zone broken through. Uh, whether it be on the court, uh, the weight room, uh, or just just a general mindset level, uh, what are some things that you might see and how you might try to utilize your practices 
to get them out of that comfort zone or, or their lifestyle, things like that, or ways you challenge them in their lifestyle. Are there some examples you might have there? Yeah, I think when it comes to the weight room, you're going to see some guys come into the weight room and they either love the weight room or they hate the weight room, right? And that's all based on previous experience or previous previous success or failures in the weight room. I've had I've had multiple players that come into the weight room with our I was at Cal or Washington State or either College of Marin now that uh, they come in and they're like, oh great, you know we're gonna lift, we gotta lift and 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 uh, and these guys are usually the ones that really struggle. They they gotta hey you gotta put on 15 to 20 pounds, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, and um, and those guys right obviously you gotta come at them in different ways. You gotta have uh they have to see the weight room as a positive place and it's got to be a place where they they think they can succeed right or else these guys have been so beat down from this stuff that they'll just shut it down and it's gonna be hard to reach them so making the weight room a fun place i'm not saying we're having pillow fights every day and things like that but making it a, a place where work will be done but there's a game plan to the work being done and you'll understand the work that's going to be done and why we're doing it. And so explaining the why and taking that time and then just um, putting them in situations where they feel like they're getting better. Right. And, um, and that's where it kind of goes back to that durability and, and doing all those little exercises and, get, and, and building that foundation where they feel like, man, I, I, my body's feeling better or my back's not hurting as much after we're playing or, you know, my, my knees are feeling better. Um, and so that will help with the buy-in and, uh, and reaching some of those guys. And then you have the guys on the other end of the spectrum that love the weight room and, or, or love training and, and almost will do too much. You know, we had guys at times where they want to be on the floor all the time, getting extra shots and that's great. But there's a little bit of uh, don't mistake activity for achievement, you know, like coach Wooden talks about and, being able to, hey, this is going to be our high day, so I need you to really putting in a lot of work this day. This is going to be a low day, so I need you to really take the time to, you know, make sure you're going to study hall and, and make sure that you're getting some recovery work in and make sure you're eating right and getting to bed right. Um, and so those are, you know, being able to kind of work with both groups and being able, hey, these are the guys we need to get buy-in and these are the guys we need to kind of maybe pull back on the reins a little bit. What would would uh is good and. Um, what was the rest of the question? I'm sorry, Joe. I'm just rambling. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I think you, you answered it well in terms of example. Just basically like kind of a case study of how do you get an athlete out of their comfort zone, you know. And you had, you had kind of – you answered that in the sense like some people are uncomfortable with the weight room. Some people, the, out, their comfort zone is almost finding too much time to spend shooting around or, or they're trying to bury themselves in the weight room maybe to make up for something else, you know, that's going on or something like that. Yeah. I could say, you know, with that whole comfort zone thing, I think it's important that you push players to a level where they feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but then they accomplish it, right? The more opportunities they have of succeeding during a challenging, adverse time, the more self-confidence, the more self-belief, the more I can do this rather than when they get out of their comfort zones, like, ooh, I can't do this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Instead, they're saying, hey, you know, I, I succeeded the last two times. I know this is going to be hard. And, you know, I know I might not succeed, but I'm going to give it my best. And, hey, I got it. You know, and you just kind of keep bringing them along to where they kind of keep keep growing. Right. And it's it's like a day to day thing. Right. With some guys and, and just in general, it's you're always trying to kind of push yourself to get better. Yeah, I think there's plenty of like weaknesses that each athlete could have, whether it be the weight room, some some sort of aspect on the court or communication. I like what you mentioned about 
like almost just getting little victories that build their confidence slowly. I think so often it's like, I think especially myself or maybe the, maybe the coaching community in general, we're, we're very tempted to have just a huge challenge. And maybe for some athletes, like they, they need that little, those little stepping stones along the way to build their confidence. And that's, right. a, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, you just try to slowly build them up. Right. I think yeah, it's, it's important. It, 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 nothing's going to get done right away. You got to slowly, slow and steady wins the race. You're listening to the Just Fly Performance Podcast, brought to you by Simply Faster. Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. I, I think that's uh, it's it's a really good point. Uh, I was so uh, another question, and we've talked about this before, and, and maybe it it goes along certainly with the team culture, the communication, athletes uh, getting them out of their comfort zone. But how do you kind of draw the distinction between helping or serving a student athlete? And then showing them tough love. And you mentioned that before, like you're in their corner and, and, but you need to, you know, sometimes you really need to get on that athlete. You need to show them tough love in a situation. Uh, what are some uh, things that you think athletes need to learn or figure out themselves over time? And how do you approach that process? That's always hard, right? Cause you don't, I mean, for most of us, we're in this profession cause we want to, you know, have a positive impact on those around us. And, and we want to, lead with love and we want to be there for people and things like that but we we also want to challenge the everybody in the right way you don't want to be the bad guy all the time right you don't want to be walking around campus pissed off all the time because that's no fun and that's and, and it's hard you know for me as a coach i know it's hard for me to kind of have a cutoff and it's something i need to work on like when i leave the gym if we lost the game or we didn't perform well it's hard not to still be pissed off the next morning, you know? Uh, and so I need to kind of, it's something I obviously I need to work on. I think, so if, if you're walking around all pissed off all the time, that's no fun. And it's no fun for the family and your friends that want to be around you. So I think, you know, you gotta, it, it's, it's touchy, right? You gotta lead with love. I think your players got to know that you care about them more than them just being a basketball player. Uh, you have to, you know, it's eventually you're putting, you know, how, how much they succeed on their own shoulders. Eventually, you know, you're letting them know that you're there for them. You're going to give them guidance. You're going to motivate, you're going to push, you're going to be there for them and things like that. But Hey, as far as we, as far as you get, or as you know, at my level now at the JC level, these guys want to earn these division one scholarships and Hey, that's all great. And you're capable if you're willing to put in the work, like your effort, your effort has to match your expectations. So, I'm here for you. Doors always open. Gym's always open. Get in the gym anytime you want. Here's, here's your team lift. Here's your study hall. These are the classes you need to take. This is what you need to do. Um, but if your effort doesn't match your expectations, then you're just going to kind of fall short of what you think you can, you can earn as far as a scholarship and things like that. And so, you know, you, you know a lot of times too, if, if you're that coach that's like, Hey, how are you doing? And you're, you're that coach that has the door always open. Sometimes players can view that as, oh, this is like carte blanche for, I always got excuses. Coach is going to understand. Coach is a good guy. And the players almost look, they don't do it consciously, but it's almost like subconsciously they're kind of like looking to take advantage of it because they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. They don't want to kind of, they don't want to put in the work. They want the most, you know, they want the most rewards with the least amount of work, right? And um, they're efficient, <laughs> which is great. But I, I think you, 
you got to be careful with that stuff. And I know I struggle with that at times. And, you know, I don't always want to be the bad guy, but I need to drop the hammer here. And, and these kids got to know why I'm dropping the hammer and they got to understand, like, this is what's expected. And I think that's where it kind of, it goes back to, right? Um, I had an old client a long time ago when I first started personal training, like in 2002, and uh, I was still going to college. He said, he was this old time, a really good guy, John Olson, Scotty, uh, you know, life's all about managing expectations. And I think that's important, right? It, it, once your players know what they're expected to do, hey, study halls Tuesday, Thursday at this time, you have to be there. And you go to check and they're not there, you got to drop the hammer. And there's no, oh, coach doesn't like me or oh, this or oh, that. No, it's expected because you, you laid out the framework, you know, and we'll map out, oh, you want to be, you want to earn a scholarship to a four-year school. All right, this is what you have to do. You have to get in the weight room this amount of times. You have to get this amount of, uh, this knock out these amount of units academically uh this is where you should be at a gpa this is where you're you know this is where we need to have you basketball wise and on the court and you got to be able to improve on this this and this and then you give them the framework and then you give them the game plan and then again you know it's hey is is you're going to go as far as you want to go well i got your back and i'm here for you but you know i, I think it's, at the end of the day it's on them too right as how far they get yeah, I love it, man. That's that's really good stuff, and it's it's just so relevant. It's almost like I, as you were talking, I was thinking how so many things run full circle together, like just being a sport coach, but also business management or anything else in life, right. and being able to deal with people in those capacities. Great overall uh, just knowledge and, and thoughts. And I, I want to leave with this last question, and that's uh, how are some ways. What are some ways you've grown since you've made that transition from college strength coach to a head head basketball coach in the last few years at College of Marin? What are some What are some things that you see differently now, or some ways that you've grown personally? Uh, there's just so much more that you have to do at this level you know at the division one level every you know you got your academic person you got this you got that you got that you got your strength coach you got your coaches and the recruit um at this at this level it's it's you're doing it all you're wearing multiple hats um i'm really fortunate because i have some young assistant coaches that are all eager and uh i mean we you know you're not really paying much they're probably making about as much as it takes for them to commute to you know to practice every day into the weight room and things like that for lifts so uh just kind of trying to take it all in and trying to get better you know and, and be a better coach and be a better teacher and i think that's important you know you know we always want to pride ourselves on our ability to teach and explain the why and at this level you're dealing with players that are athletes that some of them are uh, all about it and some of them are still feeling it out. And, and I, as far as the weight room working with other sports, you're dealing with, you know, at Cal, I had track and field for a little bit and I had men's basketball, women's tennis. Well, it was pretty easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's not, that wasn't that difficult. At Washington State, I just had men's basketball. Here at College of Marin, I have multiple sports. So being able to work with other coaches, sports coaches, and kind of get them understanding the concepts or how I I like to work in the weight room as far as kind of carrying over that team dynamic and um, the, it's a numbers games at the JC level right you need enroll it's enrollments really important for the school and so you might have some athletes that don't really care if they get stronger you know I'm not saying not for my basketball guys but for some other sports you, you might have some athletes that don't really care they get stronger or they might not really want to push themselves so as a coach I can't just go in there like I used to with certain things I gotta find different ways to reach these athletes and some you know 
if they they might not want to get stronger okay well uh, how, how, what can we do to what else can we work on what else can we can we do you know and and if their head coach doesn't care if you know player a gets stronger or not then okay so then then i just kind of fall in line and, and let the head coach tell me what they want to to work on in the weight room and just give them what they want so it just trying to get better as a coach and i think uh, being able to be around f- uh, family has been really cool and that's been been awesome be back in the bay area so uh but obviously you know the more you know the more the, the more you realize you don't know and so i'm just there's just so much out there i just gotta continue to work to get better as a coach yeah absolutely well it's it's cool to be able to uh and what you said the more you uh what the more you know the more you realize you don't know like you being able to work in the multiple environments and mediums and as a strength coach and head coach and it's it's really great to get your insight on all these things, Scott. Um, Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely, man. No, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I uh, every time I talk to you or chat with you, I just think about my own team culture and things that I can do to improve. And so, uh, I, I it was a pleasure having you on the show, talking to you again. And uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be uh, too long before you're able to see, work out, get a little pump in in person again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like we got to get days. our lifting. It's so much fun going down there, and I, it was a blast having you over at College of Marin the other day. It was it was good times. It, yeah, it was, like it was yeah, it was good being there, man. You you done awesome stuff with that weight room. So hey, thanks, well, well, thanks, thanks, Scott. I appreciate you being on today. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thanks for tuning in with us for another episode. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did putting that together. And I always love just sitting back and talking about more of these general universal principles. And ideas on leadership. I think as coaches, we really can't get enough of that stuff. So many of us uh, bury our heads so much in the training world. It's uh, not all of us, but if you're like me, I tend to sometimes. And so it's always good just to sit back and talk leadership culture. Well, that that first priority order and what transfers outside of just improving one rep maxes and jumping higher and running faster, which again, that stuff's cool. But if you're in a sports performance, team sport environment in the world, and even even a track and field world that stuff is all crucial so anyways uh we'll be back next week with another great episode don't forget to visit our sponsor simply faster at simplyfaster.com great blog great training tools uh the best of if you're looking for anything training tech wise force plates speed uh vertical jump mats electromyography um anything of that order they got it and uh, check their website out great company we'll be back next week see you then